Last week we learned about creation. Anybody see the full moon this week? Man, on Monday night I drove home and it was just, it was like spectacular. And I said, God, we learned about it and now you're showing off. <laughs> Yay, God. Let's spend some time in prayer. Lord, you are our creator. And just seeing the moon and realizing I know the one who placed the moon and the stars in the, in the sky. And even more amazing, you know me. You're an amazing God and we are fearfully and wonderfully made and all of creation testifies to your greatness. And when we had messed up and messed up all of your creation, you pursued us, you came to, to rescue us and to rescue all of your creation and we're here to give you thanks. We thank you that you've forgiven us. We thank you that you've given us your spirit. We thank you that you call us children we thank you that you've promised to get us safely home. We thank you that you've promised us that one day we will walk with you in paradise on earth again in perfect bodies forever. Thank you that we can live each day of our lives knowing that the best is yet to come. And yet we're not there. We live in a broken, sin-scarred world and we're broken, needy people and you know us. Meet our needs. Oh, and... We're about to open the word of God. Forgive the one who speaks for his sins are many. Holy Spirit, fall for us. Help us to, to meet Jesus. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you're, if, if you're new, welcome. This year we're walking through the book of Genesis together. This great book that tells us how everything started. <clears throat> This morning we're going to read from chapter 2, the first three <clears throat> verses. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and all their host. By the seventh day God completed his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from his work which God had created and made. Today's message is called Work and Rest, Work and Rest. And the, the point, what I want you to remember is that both work and rest are good. What we're going to explore today is that both work and rest are good. And I want you to know that uh, I'm really good at messing up both of them. Take work. When I was in high school, my definition of work was work was moving when you didn't want to move. I could get up and I could go surfing all day long. And I could surf all day long and come home and my arms were so tired I couldn't lift them, but that wasn't work. But then my dad would say something like, cut the grass. Oh, oh that was cruel and unusual punishment, right? Because cutting the grass to me was working when I didn't want to move, or moving when I didn't want to move. And I realize I'm not the only one. You ever heard anybody being interviewed about the lottery? They're asked, what are you going to do if you win the lottery? And what does almost everyone say? I'm going to, what, quit my job. Because somehow we associate work with something that we don't want to do, right? Um, so we kind of mess up work and we um, kind of mess up rest too. When was the last time you asked someone, how are you doing? And they said, I'm rested. 
Has it been a while? Can you say what? Never. Has anyone ever said, my soul is at rest? Listen, would you like to get soul rest, would you? Would, would you like to learn how to enjoy work? You are in the right place today. I am so glad you're here because we're going to learn from Jesus that both work and rest are good. Um, now, now let's start with the fact that God worked. God worked. That's why work is good. Did, did you hear how this passage went? Thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. By the seventh day, God completed his, help me what? His work. God works. That's why work is gone. good, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Now, uh, I, I love this. At the end of six days, God had what? He had completed his work. God didn't have a punch list. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about, I never thought about that. No, no, when, when God finished six days, creation was completed. He had done it all. Work is good because God works. And, and I want you to notice too that God rested. And, and rest is good because God rested. By the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work which he had done. Interesting, the word rest there uh, is the word sabbat, and later in Hebrew, and later from that would come the Sabbath, the idea of a day of rest. Then God blessed the seventh day. He made the seventh day special and sanctified it. First time the word sanctify means to set apart or to be made holy. The first thing that God says is holy is a special day, a day to rest. Maybe rest is good. Maybe it's important. If the first thing said to be holy was a day of rest, right? And sanctified in it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Now, there's the first week of creation, six days of work and a day of rest. Why did it take God six days? It's not because he couldn't have made it in one, right? You do know why God took six days, right? He was setting for us a pattern, right? He was showing us what a week should look like. A week has seven days. You ever wondered where, why a week has seven days? Now you know, right? It is because the first week of creation, God worked six days, and then God rested, and that's why both work and rest are good, because God works and God rests. Let's press on a little bit more. God works, work is good, and God made us in his image, so that means God made us what? To work. Did you know that God made us to work? Then God said, we learned this last week in chapter 1, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. This past week I walked around, I was feeling pretty good about myself. You know why? Because of all the creatures that God has made, I am made in the image of God. Isn't that great? And if you're a Christian, I mean, if you're, if you're human, you're, you're made in God's image too. And not only am I made in God's image, but I'm made for a purpose that God works and he made me and you to work. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now listen, 
and let them rule. Here's what we're made to do in God's image, to rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Now here's where he calls us to work in his image and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God planted a garden on earth. And then he made man in his image, placed him in the garden, and our work is to cultivate the garden that God has made for us. So we're made in his image. We're made to work, and work is good. To which some of you will then say, well, why is work so hard? Why is work so hard? It's... We're going to learn about it in a couple of weeks, about the fall, how our first parents sinned against God, and and their sin wrecked everything, including the workplace. Uh, That's why work is hard. We're going to learn that it's by the sweat of your brow you'll eat, and and the ground will grow thorns and thistles. It wasn't like that in the beginning. Listen, Adam worked before the fall. We don't work because of the fall. The fall made work frustrating and hard and toil, but we were made to work, and... This might shock some of you, but we're going to work on the new earth. For all of eternity, when we're on earth, we're going to work, but it won't be frustrating. Okay, so we're made in God's image to work because God worked and we're called to work too. Notice as well, by the seventh day, he completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. So God rested, and we're made in God's image, so we are to rest as well. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. And so God rested, we're made in his image, and we are to rest. Um, uh, You might say, well, why is rest so difficult? (laughs) Because the fall wrecked the way we're able to rest. But you need to know that Adam rested before the fall And we will rest on the new earth because there's more to life than work. But the fall made work, made rest hard for us to experience. And you might say, why? And I think one of the reasons is somehow we imagine we're God. Somehow we imagine we're God and that if we rest, the whole universe will fall apart. Uh, No, no, we don't hold the universe together, okay? So... Both work and rest are good, and with most truths in the Bible, there's two cliffs that we can fall off of. And so I want to caution you about one cliff that many in our culture fall off, and that is they don't like to work. They're lazy. Do you know, have you ever read The Seven Deadly Sins? One of them is called slothfulness, being slothful. You don't hear that much anymore. You know what slothful means? We avoid work. And the Bible warns us a lot about being lazy and not working because work is good. Matter of fact, in Proverbs, the book of wisdom, there are so many words about about working. And um, so this is a book of wisdom where we look at nature and we learn about life through observing nature. And and I love, there are two animals that that are called to our attention as we observe nature. The ant... And my favorite reoccurring animal in Proverbs, the sluggard. Don't you like the sluggard, don't you? 
Notice what it says to us to observe, right? Go to the ant, O sluggard, if you're lazy and avoid work. Observe her ways and be wise. Learn. Learn from the ant, which having no chief officer or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. Notice how she works and works, right? Because work is good. And then I love this. Here's how the sluggard gets rebuked. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your bed? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Your poverty will come in like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. So the Bible warns a lot against being lazy or slothful. You, you need to work. And the Bible says things like, if a man doesn't work, neither let him eat. So don't fall off the cliff of, of not working because work is good. We were created to work. Work is good. <clears throat> but the opposite cliff that many fall off of is people work and work and work and work and work and they don't rest. And rest is good. And so people neglect to rest and people neglect their health and people neglect their family and people neglect church because they work, work, work. And so here's one of the passages that's warning us about working too much and Psalm 127, <clears throat> unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors. Are you, are you just work, 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 are you? You get up early, you go to bed late, your mind never stops <laughs> to eat the bread of pain, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Um, listen, Jesus told me once, you know, Smiley, I'm up, I'm up all night. You don't need to be. Right? Listen, Smiley, you don't hold the universe together. I do. And, and listen, it's really, really important if we're a person who works, 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 that we need to let God be God and, and go to bed at night and rest and trust God to provide for us. Listen, the fall wrecked everything and everyone including all of us. So most of us tend toward one of these cliffs or the other, don't we? Some of us, what our tendency is, is to be lazy and to avoid work. And, and the Bible says, no, no, work is good. Work is good. God works. We're made in his image. We're made to work. But some of us work too much, don't we? And, and we need to hear rest is good. Rest is good. Rest is good. There's more to life than work. And then some of us are, are, are more like a drunk, aren't we? And, and one day we fall off the cliff and we're lazy and lazy. We don't want to work. And then we start working and then we get back up on top and then we fall off what? The opposite cliff, right? And we're lazy and we just fall off one and the other. So listen, whether you fall off this cliff or this cliff or both, I want you to know something. Only one person ever got it right. Only one person ever got work and rest right. No, it's not you. And it's not me. His name is Jesus. And here's what's really good. Jesus says, follow me, and I'll show you how to get work and rest right. Listen, if you're tired of getting work and rest wrong, you're in the right place. Jesus says, follow me, and I'll show you how to get work and rest in the right place. Oh, this is so good. Listen to what Jesus says. 
Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Man, is your heart busy today? Is it? Are you stressed? Are you, you are in the right place? Jesus says, come and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Not just like physical rest, that deep down rest we long for in our soul, for my yoke is easy and my load is light. Now, at first reading, this passage is kind of amusing. To me, it's kind of funny because it talks about a yoke and it talks about rest. Isn't that kind of funny? What, what is a yoke used for? It's used for what? For work. But somehow there's a yoke that enables us to rest. And uh, so this week, I, I did a lot of yokeology. I studied a lot about yokes. And uh, so, so here's the action step. If you want rest in your soul and you want to get work and rest right, what I want to teach you how to do today is to yoke yourself to Jesus. I want you to yoke yourself to Jesus, and when you do, the yoke's on you. Okay, okay, it was bad. I just had to say it, okay, that the yoke's on you, okay? Now let me tell you, how, 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 share with you how, how, how to yoke yourself to Jesus uh, it really is as simple as, as ABC. It starts when we admit, where we admit that we are never going to get work and rest right on our own. We're not going to. I mean, if our past is any predictor of our future, we haven't gotten it right on our own, will we? <laughs> and we're not going to because we're the problem, not the solution. Now notice, who does Jesus invite? Come to me, who? All who were weary and heavy. Come to me, all of you who figured it out that you can't do it on your own. Is that you? So who are the weary and heavy laden? I believe the weary and heavy laden are our sinners. Have you ever done something wrong? Man, the things I've said and done and thought, and I carry those failures. Anybody else, you carry your failures around? You, you tired of carrying them with you? Jesus says, what? Come and find rest. You know who else? Jesus invites religious people. In this passage, it's primarily religious people. They had rabbis who said, if you want God to love you, you have to do this and this and this and this. And they were so tired of trying to be good. Is that you? If you're tired of trying to earn God's favor on your own, Jesus invites you to come and he'll give you rest. Actually, Jesus invites all of us, right? Because the Bible says, for all have sinned and falls short of the glory of God, that we've all sinned against God in thought and word and deed, and he invites us to come to me and I will give you rest. That's the A, admit. <clears throat> the B is for believe, that believe that Jesus is the only one who got work and rest right. It's to believe that, that we're the problem and Jesus is the solution. He's the only one who got work and rest right. You see, Jesus is unique. He's God who became a man. And for us, he lived a perfect life. He lived a beautiful life. He showed us what life would look like if we had work and rest right. And oh, he worked, didn't he? Living that perfect life. 
And then climbing on the cross, that was his work, was to die for our sins, right? And all of our sins were placed on Jesus. And what did he cry out from the cross? He cried out what it is finished, right? Notice he didn't say, I've made a good start. He said, it is finished. Remember what we read about creation? God rested because his work was finished and completed. So it is with Jesus that he had done everything necessary to make us beautiful to God. He had done it all. He died for our sins, right? And then he rose on the third day, proving he had conquered sin and death. And he offers us eternal life. He offers us the chance to yoke ourselves to him and enjoy him now and forever, right? So that's the admit that we'll never do it on our own, to believe that Christ is the one who did it right, and, and it's to commit to Jesus as Savior and Lord. To commit to Jesus as Savior and Lord, that means we yoke ourselves to him. We yoke ourselves to Jesus as Savior and Lord. And I learned something this week. It was so cool about yokes. That a farmer wouldn't yoke two equal animals together. What he would do was take an older, more experienced animal and yoke it to a younger, more inexperienced animal. And then the older one would lead and the younger one would follow. And the older one would show and the younger one would learn how. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? I mean, isn't that like a rabbi and their disciple, isn't it? Or like Jesus and us? We yoke ourselves to the one who goes first, and we follow, right? Now, follow me a little bit more. Now, have you ever had something you couldn't pick up on your own, and you invited someone to help you, and the two of you did it together? Doesn't something magical happen, doesn't it? I mean, why I say magical is it's way easier to lead with one other person than it is by yourself, isn't it? It's way beyond twice as easy, isn't it? When you do it together, something you could never do, it becomes easy to do, doesn't it? And isn't that what Jesus is saying? His, load is, is, his burden, is, his yoke is, um, is easy and his, his burden is light. Because what he's asking us to do is to yoke ourselves to Jesus, to say, Jesus, we can't do it. Help me, right? And when we yoke ourselves to Jesus... We're able to work and accomplish more than we ever imagined that we could. And when we yoke ourselves to Jesus, we're able to rest more deeply than we ever imagined that we could because we're yoked to Jesus. Are you? So listen, yoking yourself to Jesus with this A, B, and C, I want you to, there's, there's kind of two steps of it that we see in this passage. Notice in verse 28, Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will, what's the word? give you rest. So there's a, a rest here he talks about giving to you. So I believe there is a rest we experience once and for all when we yoke ourselves to Jesus and receive him as Savior and Lord. He gives us a rest. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us eternal life. He gives us rest. But there's another rest that's a day-by-day -day yoking to Jesus, isn't it? <clears throat> Take my yoke upon you, and what? Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will, what? Find rest for your souls. So there's one rest that he gives to us. There's another rest that we find when we learn to follow Jesus, right? So how about you? Do you, 
Would you like rest in your soul? Um, Have you ever taken that first step of yoking yourself to Jesus? I mean, talk about the opportunity of a lifetime. Jesus said, Behold, I stand in the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. Jesus says, Listen, I want to lift your load. I want to forgive you so you quit carrying around all your failures. And I want to move into you. And I want to give you eternal life. And I want to be Lord of your life. And I want to lead you. I'll lead you and you'll follow. And we'll do life together and we'll do eternity together. And our part... It is to admit, Jesus, I can't do this on my own, right? I'm a sinner. Won't you do that? And then we believe, Jesus, I believe that you lived and died and rose for me. And then we commit, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior and Lord. and I want to follow you. Won't you do that? And if you have, don't forget what Jesus said. He says, I will come into him and will dine with him. So the one who got work and rest right has moved in. And we're given the opportunity to learn from him, aren't we? How to get work and rest right. So Jesus has moved in. What does he say? Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So if we want to get work and rest right, every day we get up and we yoke ourselves to Jesus again. And again, and again, we remember that we're yoked to someone who's wiser than we are and stronger. He leads and we follow. And, and we've been learning. Uh, how, how do we yoke ourselves to Jesus? It's, it's responding. It's responding to the invitations that Jesus gives to us every day of our life. And Jesus invites us to come and see. If you believed that Jesus invites you to come and see him, When you do it, you guys there? When you do it, Jesus has moved in. He says, come and see. Now, let me share with you something. In in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, people worked six days, and then they rested. And then something happened. Jesus rose from the dead, and and you know what we do, don't you? We, We rest on the first day. You You do know what today is, right? It's Sunday. It's the... First day of the week. So in the New Testament, we rest on the first day. <laughs> and then once we find soul rest, then we, what, we get up and we work, right? And listen, that's a good practice, not just each week, but it's a good practice each day. It's a good practice each day to get up and meet with Jesus and rest first. Before we head out into a crazy world, first we find soul rest, then we work, right? Come and see. Oh, listen. We've been learning Jesus first says, come and see. Then he says, follow me. So notice what Jesus says. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How many of you would like to have rest in your souls? How many? Here's all you need to do. Jesus says, come and learn from me. Learn from me and you'll find rest. Notice what he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we come to Jesus and and, and we begin to follow him, we find all of the great questions of life are answered. That's why we can experience soul rest. One of the big questions in life is about identity. Who am I? Who am I? When I come to Jesus, I, I know who I am. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. That's who I am. I'm a disciple. Isn't that true of you? I know who I am. Doesn't that bring rest? Where do I belong? 
Listen, when we come to Jesus, we get a community. Where do I belong? I belong in his church. Christians tell me all the time, listen, I don't fit in in our community. You're not supposed to. This is where we belong. Listen, I belong to his body. I love Sundays. I gather on Sundays with people. And when I talk about Jesus, they believe in him too. When I open at the Bible, they do too. Here's where I belong. People tell me all the time, do I have to go to small group? Do you know on Sunday night, I gather with a group of people who believe like me. We open up the Bible. We talk about Jesus together. This is where I belong. Don't we long for a place to belong? It's in his body, not in our culture. Why am I here? We get rest for our souls when we know why we're here. We get that when we learn from Jesus. He says we're here for others. We're here to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples until the world is one, right? Uh, Hope, where am I going? Man, when you're old like me and you look in the mirror, it's so good to start each day with Jesus and realize, where am I going? I am going to spend eternity with Jesus. My best days are in the future, not in the past. Isn't that great? What brings rest to our souls? It's to know we're going to do life with Jesus and eternity with him, isn't it? You see, when we spend time with Jesus and begin to follow him, the big questions in life, who am I? Where do I belong? Why am I here? Where am I going? They're answered and we get rest for our souls. Listen, Jesus says, are you struggling with work and rest? Follow me. Because Jesus is not only our Savior and Lord, he's our model for life and ministry. And it seems to me if we want to get work right, we'd look at who? Jesus. And if we wanted to get rest right, what would we do? We'd look at how Jesus rested. So listen, as I've been studying the life of Christ, it impresses me Jesus worked. Look at this verse in John 6, or John 5. In John 5, but he, Jesus, answered them saying, my father is working until now, and I myself am working. Man, if you study the life of Jesus, you'll see Jesus worked. He didn't come to earth on a vacation. He worked. Uh, he, 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 he lived a perfect life. That was his work. He, he died on the cross for our sins. That was his work. He trained disciples who could then make disciples, who could then make disciples. And that's why we're here today, because when Jesus was here, he worked. And listen, if, if, if we want to get work right, then we need to follow his example and work too. And uh, as I studied the life of Christ, Jesus rested too. Do you have trouble resting? Then listen, follow Jesus. Listen to what the Bible says about Jesus, okay? In Luke 4, now listen to this. And Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and asked was his, help me, his, that means he did this regularly, right? So what did Jesus do on earth to experience rest in his soul? Wouldn't it be good to know? And wouldn't it be good if we wanted rest in our souls that we would follow what Jesus did, right? So listen, on the seventh day of the week, as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath. You know why? Because everybody didn't own a copy of the Bible. But there were Bibles in the synagogue. 
and there was a place to go and hear the word of God and remember who he was and where he belonged and why he was here and where he was going so that he could find rest in his soul so that he could work. Oh. And he stood up to read. He took the, and the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Man, do you want rest for your souls? Listen, the first day of the week, we get to gather together and learn from Jesus how to find rest for our souls. Man, do we run here eager to hear the word of God because we long for rest before we work, right? And, and it wasn't just on the Sabbath. Uh, do you ever feel like there's so much pressure on you? Someone, everybody's always after you. Imagine how tough it was for Jesus. Everybody was always looking for him. So how did Jesus experience rest for his soul in the midst of a crazy world? Listen to this verse in Mark 1. In the early morning, uh, to have rest, he had to do it before the crowds came, right? In the early morning, while it was still dark, he could sneak away and nobody would see him. Jesus got up, left the house, filled with crazy people. Do you ever feel that way? And went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Know what Jesus did for rest for his soul? He went outside into nature, right? Isn't it something restful about being outside? So he went outside to get rest for his soul and he prayed. What if we really wanted rest for our souls and we knew we lived in a crazy world? So we made sure each day we got up early, we got up early, and before we went out into a crazy world, first we sought rest for our souls. We met with Jesus and we remembered. We remembered who we are. And we remembered where we belong. And we remembered why we were here. And we remembered where we were going. Wouldn't we be much better prepared then to go out and work, wouldn't we? Listen, every day of our life, we need to re-yoke ourselves to Jesus, to come and see him and to follow him. And then Jesus says, listen, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And then we need to, to fish for men. You ever, have you noticed that a lot of people are moving into our county? Anybody notice that? No. <laughs> Jesus is bringing them to us. And here's what Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. When we follow Jesus, he makes us fishers of men. You're his plan to reach the people in this county. And you say how? When we follow him in our work then through our work, we'll fish for men. When we follow Jesus in our rest, then our rest will enable us to fish for men. And you say, how? Well, tomorrow morning, you get up and you experience soul rest and you remember who you are and why you're here. And that will change your workplace. You go to work early. You go to work with a good attitude because you're there to fish for men. You treat others the way you would like them to treat you, right? You show integrity, and there will be opportunities where someone says, why do you work like this? And there's your opportunity, right? Your work opens it up, doesn't it? Listen, 
I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus in the workplace. My work matters to him, right? It shouldn't be hard in our culture to stand out as a good worker, should it? A local employer told me if you show up each day, you're already in the top 10%. Imagine if you showed up early with a good attitude. In our work, we can fish for men. In our rest, we can fish for men. I'm learning from Jesus how to, how to go first, and so I knew what I was doing this week. And so this week, when people have been asking me, Smiley, how are you? What I said was, I'm rested. I'm rested. And every person said back, you know what they said? I'm not. What an opportunity, right? What an opportunity to say, well, would you like to? Listen, my soul has been weary and heavy laden. And Jesus has invited me to come and find rest. I'm tired of having a weary, heavy laden. I want rest in my soul. Don't you? <laughs> what an opportunity to have a conversation. So let me ask you, this week, this week, do you think anyone this week that you're having a conversation this week will say anything like, I'm tired, I'm busy, I'm stressed. In this whole week, do you think anybody will say that to you? Raise your hand. Okay, now I want to coach you up. That's our opportunity, right? This week you ask someone, how are you? Man, I am so busy. They're saying that as a badge of honor, right? But what a great opportunity to say, could I share with you what we learned in church on Sunday? And they're going to say, sure. And share with them, listen, we learn that Jesus invites weary, heavy-laden people to come and find rest. Rest for their souls. Would you like rest for your soul? You can do it. I've coached you. You have the Holy Spirit. You can do it. Now I want to tell you something you can do even better than that. If you carry your Bible with you and someone tells you they're stressed, this is even better. If someone uh, asks, you know, says they're busy or stressed, could, why, why don't you just say, could I share with you what we learned in church on Sunday? And if they say yes, then say, I want you to come and see. I want you to come and see what Jesus said. Listen, open up your Bible and have them read. There is something about someone reading the Word of God. There's something that happens. Invite them to read aloud. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I believe that will tug on their hearts. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. You can do it. All you need to do is ask them, who does Jesus invite? The weary and heavy laden. What does he promise them? What does he promise them? Rest. Would you like soul rest? Then come to Jesus. You can do it. Do you think there's anyone in this county this week who would love to know there's a way for them to find rest for their souls? Won't you share with them how they can? Let's pray.
Jesus, we're so glad you came, that you got it right, that you lived a perfect life, that you died on the cross for our sins, you finished your work, that you rose, that you offer us the chance to do life and eternity with you if we would just yoke ourselves to you. Listen, if you've not yoked yourself to Jesus for all of eternity, won't you, where you are, won't you just submit to him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and and I'm sorry. And won't you believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And won't you commit to him? Jesus, I want you to come in and be my savior and and give me eternal life. Forgive me. I, I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if you've done that for the first time, won't you mark that on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. And Lord, I pray for those who've yoked ourselves for you for eternity, that we would get up each day this week and yoke ourselves to you anew. We would come and see you, that we would follow you, that we would fish for men. Lord, I pray that each of us this week would have an opportunity to share with others what we learned, how others can find rest for their souls. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.